0: I want to ask you a question, simple question. Would you want to be in a relationship with somebody that lies, cheats, steals, maybe they've killed somebody, or maybe they're verbally abusive. Would you want to be with somebody that does these kinds of things to you? What about somebody that's a people pleaser, that just does things because they want to be liked? Or maybe they're just too afraid to leave you because of what their friends would say. Or maybe they're staying with you because of what their friends are saying. You see, the answer to all of these questions, hopefully, is no. No, we wouldn't want that in our life. We wouldn't want to be with somebody that just wants to be with us for status or that is, you know, verbally abusive, is cheating, lying, stealing from us. Of course not. Who would want to be with anybody that does that to them? Now, of course, if that was the case and people actually followed through, we wouldn't have these kinds of relationships. But if you look in the world, actually, there are many, sadly, many such cases today. And these are what we call dysfunctional relationships, codependent relationships, abusive relationships, right? There's some sort of, you know, there's no equality. That's really what it boils down to. There's no authenticity, And so, when we look at these types of dysfunctions in our own relationships with other people, it's a great mirror, it's a great spiritual tool to understanding our relationship to God. Because really, why would it be any different in our relationship with God? You ever ask yourself that? You know, people present God usually when they don't understand Christianity or God in general. People will misrepresent God as some unjust or cruel or angry figure somewhere far in the sky like some king. But, you know, if you actually do the work and you learn about God, if you learn about history and you do your due diligence, you'll see only one thing. And that, my friends, is that God has consistently tried to create an authentic relationship with us, one that is intimate and based on love and truth. Furthermore, he's done this because he knows it is the only way for us to achieve eternal life. If we are not connected to him, who is the source of truth and all life, we cease to exist. This is why they say the wages of sin is death. What that really means is that we disconnect ourselves from the source of life and truth and love. Because God calls us to have an authentic relationship with him. And just like we would call other people, you know, this is the funny double standard that we get into. You know, we want the best. We want somebody who's great who's generous, who's good looking, who's you know 100% for us, who's faithful, who's funny. We want all these things, right? But yet, when it comes for us to return those things, it's very difficult, isn't it? And that goes for people and our relationship with God. So really, it's all the same. You know, people have long distance relationships and those are very difficult. They're difficult for a reason because we have so many temptations today. Most people don't have the moral virtue and character needed to sustain a long distance relationship effectively. It's very difficult. You know, it doesn't make you a terrible human being that you can't maintain one. But the point is that it really challenges our faith. Why? Because that person simply isn't there to make us accountable. They're not there walking around, right? So we feel this sort of anonymity, right? And I mean, look at the internet as a great example. Anytime somebody feels anonymous, human behavior just goes right out the window. I mean, there's no moral conscience on the internet. There's no, you know, respect. There's nothing, right? I mean, because of that anonymity, you know, guaranteed, you know, all the Facebook fights, probably 90% of them that you have with people, even your friends, you know, you probably wouldn't have them for sure with the strangers that you have. You wouldn't have these arguments if you had to face them face to face. And so this is where we see another mirror or reflection of how we should conduct ourselves with God. You know, God isn't around. He doesn't rule the world with some physical throne of lightning and power to make us fear him. Because guess what? If that was the case and you could say, there you go. There's undeniable proof that God exists and he's all powerful. Nobody can mess with him. Would you really love God authentically in that situation? Think about that. And the answer, of course, is no, you wouldn't. You would fear, it would be impossible not to fear God when he's there in his full glory and presence and power and, you know, doing miracles, doing whatever, right? You would be attracted to the obvious stuff and you wouldn't have any reason to develop virtue and character, to develop true love Just like you would want somebody to be authentic with you and to love you for who you are without, you know, loving your body, right? Or being attracted to how you look or being attracted to your bank account, right? And so that's very important because we tend to get frustrated or confused about all these things that, you know, how we should conduct our relationship with God. But is it really that confusing? All that God wants is an authentic relationship with you. That's all that he's ever wanted from the beginning. But again, if you do your due diligence, you'll see that we rejected him over and over again. And if you're a Christian, you know that he came down in the flesh to show us how to do what he wants us to do. You know, it's like if you've read The Five Love Languages. It's a famous book on you know, different ways that we like to receive love. And the book encourages you to communicate with the person in your life about what is it that you really like? You know, what, what makes you feel loved, right? Because we're all different. We're all born with different preferences and different ways of doing things. You know, maybe for you, taking the garbage out is like, oh my gosh, that's the most wonderful thing in the world. But, you know, for your partner, it's like they could care less as long as you give them a back rub. And so it's important to communicate about these things. You know, that's because otherwise you misunderstand each other. And so any successful relationship, you have to communicate often and you have to be specific. Look, this is what I like that really makes me feel loved. And that allows that person to know what to do. And so if you look at our relationship with God, this has been done over and over again for thousands of years. And with the coming of Jesus Christ, it was shown to us. Look, this is how to be. This is how I would like you to be so that you could live with me forever because it's the only way. And we rejected him. We rejected him. We rejected the most powerful being in the universe that came to us not with a throne of lightning and power and angels but under the humility of a carpenter as a normal human being, to walk among us, to walk among lepers and prostitutes and criminals, to show us the value of humility, to show us the value of turning the other cheek of what love really, really truly means. And so, you know, when you ponder, how do I have a relationship with God? How can I maximize that? How do I improve my relationship with God? Don't think too much about it. There is either a narcissist or a people pleaser when you look at dysfunctional relationships, right? If you're a people pleaser, you're just doing things to be liked and you're walking on eggshells just to earn favor. And if you look at the Pharisees, you know, in the Bible and all these different uh, traditions, you know, people, even today, you know, we, we get into this legalistic trap of, I need to be obedient. I need to follow the rules. And yes, this is true. But why are you following the rules? John fourteen fifteen. If you love me, keep my commandments. That's what Jesus said. And people get so hung up on the keeping the commandments part. And of course, you should keep the commandments. They're very simple. That's what you would want out of a relationship too. You don't want anybody killing, stealing, abusing you verbally. You don't want that. So it's the same thing. It's not something, it's not, you know, God is not reinventing the wheel here. He's giving us good guidance on how to conduct ourselves and with him. But, you know, we get caught up in this idea of the commandments and obedience, and we try to play a game of how good we can get, and we try to gamify it and say, oh, you know, I'm this virtuous, and I try to measure my progress spiritually. And ultimately, you can't do that, because then you're just trying to be good just so that God will like you, and you're being a people pleaser. You wouldn't want that in a relationship with somebody knowing that they don't actually love you, but they're just trying to avoid your wrath or, you know, look good to the outside. So don't do that in your own spiritual relationships. Very simple. Yes, follow the rules, but ask yourself, why do we follow the rules? Well, Jesus gives you the answer. If you love me, if you love me, follow my commandments. So... Here's the deal, if you love somebody, and you know if you love somebody, there is no like, well, I'm not sure, you either love somebody or you don't, you may get into arguments with them, you may get frustrated, but you know in your heart of hearts if you love somebody or not, and that person knows too, if they're in tune with things, they will know, you know when somebody loves you or they don't, it's very obvious, just need to listen. Now imagine God who knows everything, do you think He's going to know if you love him or not. Yes, of course he's going to know. Whether you break his commandments or you're perfect, which none of us are, all that matters is if you truly love him. Now here's, here's the asterisk, okay? What does it mean to truly love somebody? Does it mean you're in love with the idea of them? Does it mean you're in love with their body, with their image? No. No, it means faith. Faith is the source of love. Every high-level love that you can think of, right? Every situation where you would say, you know, yeah, that's love. I don't know what love is exactly, but that would count as love. Think about it. All of those situations, they all have something in common. And that's usually involving some level of trust. You know, we say, oh, I love this new pop song that came out or I love this new ice cream flavor you know so today the word love is very confusing people have confused it with the material world and true love the highest form of love agape love that's something that's very profound and very difficult to understand but my opinion is you can understand it better through faith because if you truly believe in something or in someone then you are full of passion for it. You are full of devotion. It's natural to wake up motivated in the, in the morning when you have something to look forward to. The same way as if you really believe in someone, if you really care about them, then that will give you the fuel to withstand the rough waters. And so that's what it really means. That is our source for why we are and are trying to be obedient. Not to please God but because we truly love him and we truly want to be with him. What do you do if you want to cultivate a good relationship? Well, you learn what they like, which is keeping the commandments. You know, if God had a love language, it would probably be acts of service. And maybe a second one would be words of praise. But ultimately, that's what it is. You know, keep the commandments, but not because you're trying to please God, but because you truly love him and you understand what he's done and tried to do for us. And then you also listen to the person that you're with, right? So you listen to them, you surrender, you allow them to lead. You communicate often, which would be praying, right? And when you make a mistake, you own up for it. In Christianity, we call that repentance. Now, again, you can get a little too legalistic with this and self-judging and obsessed with purifying yourself of sin. Look, it's never going to happen. Sin just means we're imperfect and that we're supposed to be imperfect. That's the journey of life. That's the dance of life is to be constantly engaged in this practice of refining your spirit. And it never ends. Never ends until you die, right? And so don't get caught up with being perfect, but rather, yeah, I'm going to make a mistake and I'm going to repent for it. Because guess what? If you're in a relationship with somebody, one of the things that eats away at love is the lack of repentance isn't it isn't it true when you just commit these little sins against each other you break each other's agreements of things that you would want done in that relationship and then you don't own up for it and so that resentment just builds and builds and builds and builds All right now god isn't a resentful being he's full of love he's the source of truth but do you think that you're going to be saved that you'll be able to access eternal life if you've been disobedient all your life if you've really not give a crap about loving God or loving the requirements that he put forward for you to live a truly free and blessed life and that's really you know that's another important part too because we also get lost you know legalism is a way to get lost but the other way to get lost is oh well I'm taken care of you know Especially if you're a Christian say, oh, well, you know, Jesus Christ died for our sins, so, you know, good, right? I can do whatever I want. Well, it <laughs> doesn't work that way. Again, think about it from a normal relationship. You know, if if you found the perfect partner that met all of your requirements, that they're just the way you want them to look, that they're financially stable, that they, you know, communicate in a way you like to be, commun- you know, whatever. Every kind of little thing on your to-do list if you found somebody that fit those qualities, does that mean that you have to get lazy in the relationship, that you don't have to do anything? The answer is again, no, absolutely not. In fact, if you did find such a person, it would mean the opposite, mean, holy smokes, I wanna keep this person. I wanna show them how appreciative I am because it's so hard to find a person like this in the world, I mean, especially today, the world is just crazy. Right? So if anything, it would raise the level of your behavior. It would raise the level of your morality and generosity and courage and gratitude and faith because you realize how valuable that relationship is because it's not the norm. So why would that be any different with God? Why is it when it comes to God, we get hung up on, you know, feeling like we're restricted by following the Ten Commandments or feeling that Christianity is just trying to, you know, take the fun out of life and all this nonsense why is that any different? do you ever ask yourself that? and it's different because you don't see God God's everywhere but you don't see him and that's by design because again if you did you would just try to please him and try to obey out of fear or out of trying to you know do something not out of an authentic appreciation for that relationship Well, I'll tell you what, God is the perfect match. He's the perfect being. Not only that, but he is actively involved in your life when you let him to. And he brings you everything that you need. So imagine that people still reject him. Imagine that people still do the heinous things that they do in life today. But one day it's not going to be like that. If you're a Christian, you do believe, especially some of the things that we're living through right now, that we are in the end of days. It's not, you know, the world at the rate that it's going right now, it's not going to be around another 20, 30 years. At least I don't think so. The world's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So take it to heart as a sign that, okay, you know, we're living in the last days. We got to get right. We got to get right with God. You got to repent and you know, maybe that word carries a very heavy significance for you, but it doesn't mean anything other than just acknowledge your faults, just like you would in any relationship that you would want to keep. Somebody who doesn't acknowledge their faults tells the person, I don't want to be in a relationship with you because I'm right. I prefer being right over having a relationship with you. That's what that means when you don't acknowledge your faults. That's the death of every relationship. So why do you think that you can go on thinking that you're right and that God is wrong and then suddenly reap the rewards of grace and salvation? It doesn't work that way. doesn't mean you also have to be perfect, but it's about the practice. So. It's really quite simple. You know, love is something that is eternally an obstacle for us because... We live in a crazy world and we have an ego, right? So it's a constant practice. But through our relationships, we can see a mirror of how to cultivate our relationship to God. And vice versa, through our relationship to God, who is always there, always ready for you, always listening, always wanting to be in a relationship with you. Through that relationship, we also can ground our other relationships so that we can become a better person to other people, so we can become a better lover, a better child, better parent, a better sibling, a better employee, a better boss. If God comes first in your life, all of the other relationships will fall into line. But usually we don't do that. Usually we place ourselves first, which is normal human behavior, and that just leads to all kinds of problems. So... Remember, remember the truth in the end. Remember the truth that all that God wants with you is a personal relationship. And in order to have a successful personal relationship with God, you have to love him just like you would anybody else. And how you demonstrate that love is by actively practicing the things that he's told us to practice through the Ten Commandments, which can be summed up in two commandments. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, and treat each other as you want to be treated. So simple. Such simple advice. And yet, I would challenge you to go a day without breaking at least one of those. Because for me, I haven't gone, I can tell you right now, I haven't gone one day without breaking at least one of those commandments. And that's normal. You know, again, I'm not trying to game life here, but try and see where it takes you in your own relationship, in your physical relationships, and in your relationship with God. It's really about love and nothing else. And that's it.